Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome on into the Wolverine.com podcast. Clayton Safey here with Chris Ballas and Anthony Broom. Coming to you a day early on the bye week, Wednesday. This will be our regularly recorded Thursday show, but coming to you one day in advance. Uh, Please make sure to like this video if you're watching on YouTube. Hit the subscribe button as well. And as always, head to thewolverine.com. Special deal right now, $1 for your first month of premium access. You're going to want to get in on that as we cover all things Michigan, NCAA case, Jim Harbaugh, and uh, everything else with this 8-0 Michigan football team on the bye week. Big game, big games coming up down the stretch as well. Basketball season around the corner, too. Um, great to be with you guys. I will say that. Although uh, we'll talk about all this different stuff. Um, NCAA case. We'll get into a little bit of basketball as well at the end. But uh, how are you guys hanging in there? Trying, man. Always something in the bye week. Doesn't it seem like there's always something in the bye week? So uh, here we are, though, and uh, grinding. So it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be an interesting season, fellas. See, it's gonna be interesting to see when the uh, the NCAA comes in, what they hit Michigan with, and uh, and how Michigan responds. Yeah, it seems like every time someone opens their mouth and says, "Oh God, I bet you guys are looking forward to getting to the bye week." That's when all hell breaks loose. So um, this has been no exception. It's probably been as crazy as it's been during a bye week, but uh, the show must go on as they say so uh yeah good to be here though and the show will go on as we will so great transition there ab as we will talk about our friends over at prize picks our presenting sponsor football season is back there's no better way to enjoy the games than by playing daily fantasy with prize picks you select two to five players predict if they will go more or less than their prize picks projection and you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry all first-time users that deposit and use promo code Wolverine will receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. So if you deposit $100, Prize Picks will give you 100. If you deposit 50, Prize Picks will give you 50. We made some picks this week, as always. I got a couple in the NFL. Some of the college stuff since it's Wednesday still late to come in, but look for those if you're uh, if you're looking to make some picks on college as the weekend approaches. Um, I got C.J. Stroud, Houston Texans quarterback, less than 239 and a half passing yards against the Panthers. I think it might be a little inflated Panthers defense. Maybe not as bad against the pass as people think. And then Terry McLaurin, Washington Commanders receiver, less than 57 and a half receiving yards against the Philadelphia Eagles. Flip side, Eagles defense, very, very good. Uh, what do you guys have this week? Oh, I don't know about those picks, Clay. That sounds crazy to me. I'm going to go with uh, Josh Allen, uh, Buffalo quarterback. More, um, I'm sorry, less than 265 and a half yards against that Tampa Bay defense. I think that Tampa Bay defense is pretty nasty. And uh, and Buffalo has not been playing good football. So um, Bryce Young, I've got him uh, going more than 210 and a half yards uh, against Houston. I, I think that um, – I just like the way that young man plays football, and I like that matchup for him. So uh, I don't know about yours, Clay, but I sure like mine. 
Those are two terrible picks, CB. Just, just <laughs> well, I, I don't know about either. I think you you both are full of it uh, up to your ears, so to speak. Uh, I'm going with NBA is back. Uh, I'm going with a couple of NBA uh, picks here uh, since we're doing things on like Wednesday. Uh, Victor Wembanyama, I have him at more than 20 points plus rebounds plus assists. I think that guy is an absolute freak. Uh, and then our boy, our godson, Franz Wagner of the Orlando Magic, I have him at less than 26 and a half points plus rebounds plus assists. So a uh, little basketball. We teased basketball early on, but jumping into NBA this time around. Boy, I don't know about that Franz Wagner pick. <laughs> we'll see. I, I actually like the Franz pick. Am I weird for having watched uh, NBA opening night last night for just a little while over playoff baseball? Might I be a weird move, either, but uh, so, yeah, that's what I was doing. I was a little busy. Go to prizepicks.com, download the prize picks app today. Use the promo code Wolverine for an instant deposit match up to $100. Again, promo code Wolverine for that instant deposit match for the first time users. Um, let's get into the NCAA case against Michigan. Um, different things have come out and, and been reported, including by yourself, Chris, over at the Wolverine.com, and people can. Again, check out all of our coverage over there. $1 gets you premium access in for your first month. So make sure to take it, take advantage of that. It'll get you through you know, almost the end of the season here. It'll also get you through a lot of this NCAA case. But some different things have come out since we last spoke on the Monday Night Podcast. Some of them pretty relevant. Some of them not all that relevant. They're now you know, different schools outside of the Big Ten that Stallions reportedly bought tickets at their games. Connor Stallions, that is the uh, the analyst in question here. Clemson, Tennessee, uh, the SEC championship game. The way I understand it with the championship games is is uh, and um, teams that aren't on your schedule. It's not necessarily illegal to in-person scout those, and we're not sure that he personally did that uh, himself or sent somebody else. Seems like it would probably be the latter in those cases at the very least. Um, but those have come out still kind of, you know, looking at whether or not sending somebody to a game to then give you information or video back is against the rules based on the poorly worded bylaws that the NCAA has, specifically bylaw 1161 about off-campus in-person scouting. So that's still something that's at question, unless, of course, something came out that Connor Stallions was at games himself, which is obviously very, very possible. Um Chris, you were first to report as well. The NCAA is coming in on Thursday, could be postponed. They're often to do that. Uh, but to meet with Michigan, it'd be interesting to see what comes of that. Lastly, a lot of stuff on social media, different things. Oh, here's a video of Connor Stallions on the sideline. You know, those don't necessarily prove anything. Um, he's allowed to be on the sideline. He's allowed to, to help the coaches out during the games as an analyst. Sports Illustrated today releases an article with text between Stallions and a college football staffer from another school where he brags about some of his close relationships with a few different on-field coaches at Michigan. Also revealed that he wrote a 600-page document laying out plans to one day be the coach of Michigan to, to run the program, different theories that he's had used in recruiting at his time at Navy and how that has panned out, how that could help him. You know, again, doesn't actually prove anything. There's nothing wrong with writing a document like that. Um, but your guys' thoughts now, uh, a, a couple days removed from the last time we spoke on air about this and what's happened with the latest developments. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, I don't think that the worst has been, and you can read our column, a recent column on this. I don't think the worst has been leaked about what 
you know, there, there are great areas, right. That Michigan fans are clinging to, and maybe Michigan's clinging to that. Okay. Because we did this, um, it's not illegal as, as the law is written and that's fair, you know, and, and Dan Wetzel said something about North Carolina, for example, when he said, yeah, we had fake classes essentially, but, uh, they were open to our regular students too. So it didn't violate any NCAA laws or rules. So, um, that's a loophole, right? So is there a loophole here and would Michigan see it that way? Would the NCAA see it that way? If Michigan were to fight it in court, then it's something that probably the NCAA pulled back on that when the uh, when North Carolina was going to take them to court and they pulled back on Penn State when they were going to vacate wins um, when they decided to fight it in court. So if Michigan were to do that, then I think they would probably say, you know, if say, say they wanted to come down and hammer them and say you can't play in the postseason this year and Jim Harbaugh is suspended. I think that they would fight that. You're supposed to have 90 days allegations, you know, from an and from the date of the NCAA notice of allegations. They haven't even received one yet for Burger Gate. I'm guessing they're going to lump these all together. Um, but if they come tomorrow or whether it's later in the week or next week, whenever it gets pushed to, I do know it was initially scheduled for tomorrow. That's a fact. Then I think it'll be one of those things where, okay, what do you guys plan to do about this? Will this be a back and forth negotiation of, you know, how will you handle it? And maybe the Michigan lawyers coming back and saying, if we do this, is this going to be good enough type of thing? So uh, that's my guess into some people, some people's guess as to how that will go. Uh, however, um, you just don't know because there might be things that they have that you don't know about um, stuff that has not been leaked yet by Ohio state sources, if we're being honest. Yeah. And um, so uh, we'll have to see where that goes, but you know, people are in the media is always going to sensationalize everything and try to make it look worse than it is. Uh, there's no doubt that it's a bad look. I don't care, you know, what anybody says. It's a bad look when you're recording sidelines of games or having people do that, no matter who else is doing it. And it's estimated that what 75 to 85%, I think one national writer said, or one coach said to him that guys are stealing signs. So we know damn well that Ohio state was probably doing it in 2018 and 2019 when they were putting up record numbers on Michigan. And the way it was explained to us was, boy, did they, were they in for a surprise in 2021 when they didn't get what they were expecting to see right but all this talk about last year's ohio state game you know well look at he's looking at the sidelines and he's looking at this and he's got a chart well ohio state acknowledged before the game that they knew that michigan was doing that and they changed their signals so it didn't help them so shame on them for not using it against michigan number one and number two for getting their ass pounded uh 45 to 23 so you know what um it's and part of it's a coping mechanism it certainly isn't the worst scandal in NCAA history, as, as you know, some rivals are calling it. And a lot of people around the country are still saying it's a joke. Yeah, I mean, the fact that the major talking point right now is that, well, well, did they technically violate a rule? Like, let's let's be honest here. Like, the spirit of that is that something shady was going on regardless. So uh, to me, I think there are a couple of things that are, are clear, uh, you know, just based on what we know right now is that you know, I don't think that this is going to have, again, we'll see what happens with the investigation. The NCAA typically doesn't move fast. And I think, I do think if there, if Michigan finds itself in court, that it will have, I mean, get based on how these rules are written, I think that they're going to have, you know, a, a, a defense that might give them a chance to kind of win, not, not win the case, but have their punishment not be as severe. But uh, to me, it's clear that with how the NCAA moves, like even if they get a notice of allegations tomorrow, you're talking about having 90 days to respond to that, which takes you into mid January. It's, I don't see it affecting this season. Um, I don't see a scenario where 
you know, if the Big Ten comes out and says, oh, you're you're ineligible for the Big Ten title game, no matter what happens, Fox isn't going to be happy with that. And let's let's be honest there, too. Fox and, and NBC, CBS, they're basically the de facto Big Ten commissioner right now. Um, so with that in mind, the college football playoff also operates outside of the jurisdiction of the NCAA. In the here and now, I don't think that this is going to affect this season. That's a strong opinion based on you know what we know about how these these deals are set up. But um, in terms of vacating wins, something else we've seen in the past too is that that typically only happens when you've had you know ineligible players on the roster, and I don't think that's the case at Michigan either. So it's going to be a root canal. This is going to continue to drag out. Uh, and Chris, I like the way that you put it uh, in a column earlier this week. Is that uh, and I believe it may have been uh, you know via something Dan Wetzel said too. Is that you know, maybe the biggest punishment out of all of this for Michigan is having to bite the bullet that, you know, you're institutionally, there's maybe some irreparable damage in terms of what your reputation is. So we'll see where it goes from here. Uh, we haven't learned a lot since the last time we were on the air. Uh, the Sports Illustrated piece that came out, I think more more so just kind of was a character study on who right. Connor Stallions was and things like that, but uh, is, I mean, he's still with us, but. Uh, in terms of what he was to the program. So uh, we'll see what happens from there. But uh, that's my read on where we're at right now. And you're right, though. That is how Michigan feels, too, that they don't expect anything to happen this year. Speaking of the sources that we've spoken with, uh, nor should there be, frankly. And um, you know what? Michigan State had ample time to to change their signs. They can't make any excuses for the 49 to nothing embarrassment. Um, you know, and, and people are acting like this is the only reason that Michigan's winning football games is because they are better at stealing signs, you know, which is, again, something that everybody does uh, to some extent. So which is we all know is ridiculous, but fans of other schools and rivals will use it as a coping mechanism, fellas, to deal with the fact that they got their butts kicked. Well, there's there's this too. like Michigan's not going to send 15, 16, 17 guys to the NFL draft because they were stealing signs like they have better players than all of this right. team to these teams yep. do right now. Um, and with that, uh, I don't know if we brought this up already. I'm sorry, but uh, with that 11.6.1, uh, I think it was as recent as two years ago, 2021, the end, it, it was, it was put out there for them to even remove that in-person scouting, um, you know, provision in the rule book, because they say that they're, you know, the argument was it does provide a minimal competitive advantage. So for me, with all that being said, I mean, I think once the bluster dies down, um, you know, really what you're looking at is the institutional damage to your reputation. And I mean, the, the elephant of the room is what it does to Jim Harbaugh and his status as well. If he's just done with it. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Yeah, no doubt. And yeah, you look at, it's a great point too to, to come back to is, all right, well, how severe is this even if a rule was broken? If you're, if you're Michigan, the minimal competitive advantage, the NCAA's own words, is a key point. I, I do think the way this is being portrayed, and Chris, you alluded to it a little bit too, with this being the biggest story in sports and you know whatever. Um, and Colin Cowherd, I thought, did a great job talking about that yesterday as well. Where if this was Purdue, 
it's probably not as big of a deal. Just like if Kirk Cousins was in Tom Brady's shoes during Deflategate, it probably wasn't going to be the biggest deal. Um, it would have been on Saturday Night Live and not the front page of, of everything, you know, every sports site and, and everything else with, with national media. A couple of things that are kind of concerning that we touched on quite a bit on Monday are, you know, the leaks and the fact that some obscure, even Ohio State writers somehow have a lot of this information before anybody else at the same time as Pete Thamel, who obviously Ohio State has in his back in, in their back pocket. Um, then you have potential leaks from the NCAA side and John U. Bacon going on a Columbus radio station this morning saying he knows for a fact uh, or guarantees that Jim Stapleton, who's a University of Michigan graduate, is now on the NCAA's Committee of Infractions, was on the Minnesota Vikings board when Jim and, you know, was vehemently against Jim Harbaugh receiving that job back in uh, early 2022 is a source of these leaks. Um, so it's kind of interesting how we're seeing this get played out now, as Anthony, you said, kind of a, you know, not a character assassination, but like different things about Connor Stallions trying to make him seem like a weirdo or, or whatever, which he might be a weird guy, who knows? But uh, like, like that has anything to do with any sort of proof against him is it's just kind of interesting how this is playing out in the public eye. Yeah, and it is interesting that Jim Stapleton's a, a attending athletic de department events recently and stuff like that. Um, somebody said they saw him at the one of the events I was at. I didn't know what he looked like. Um, you know, uh, I really hope that's not the case. You know, people talking about how he is still heavily involved with people, the, some of the higher ups at Michigan. And, you know, it's one thing. Yeah, you certainly can't tell somebody who to be friends with. But man, uh, that would be a bad look. So I'm anxious to see where that goes. Um, if indeed what John, John Bacon says is true, but I don't, you know, reading some of the stuff about past stuff about Jim Stapleton, um, boy, there's a lot to, to digest there. That's all I'll say. And I don't want to get myself in any trouble here. So I think I'll stop there. But uh, to me, Michigan certainly seems to have a lot of enemies uh, you know, that are, that poses friends uh, too often, you know, you go back to stretch gate, uh, the same thing. You, you, you look at this one now as well. Um, there, are, you know, you look at all the, the egregious things going on at other programs around the country and how it doesn't seem like there's anybody lining up to blow whistles on anybody, even though, you know, they may have been wronged or whatever. So um, it's weird to me, but um, that does not excuse if they broke rules, uh, the rules, the breaking of the rules. And so we'll have to, again, I said before, when this happened, I said, when people was like, oh, this is a witch hunt and so on and so forth, I said, well, let's wait and see the facts because normally stuff like this doesn't leak and doesn't come out unless there are facts to back it up. Let's see what they are and how severe they are. And now I'm going to say the same thing, you know, when everybody is rushing to judgment, let's see what the facts are. Let's see how Michigan reacts before everybody freaks out. Yeah. The thing is like, again, we make it very clear. Like it's, it's extremely likely based on what's out there that rules were, if not broken, the line was heavily straddled, recklessly straddled. And with that being the case, like it's going to spoiler alert, like it's going to cost Connor Stallions his job and probably cost him his future in college football. Um, the one thing I'll say about the SI article that, you know, if people haven't seen it is that I think based on what's in there, it's weird to even say this, like it might be, you know, if the defense from Michigan is that this was a rogue guy that was, you know, trying to advance through the ranks and impress his superiors, I think it probably helps their defense. The SI story, it's not 
you know, it's not them, you know, it's not a new, there are new, no new allegations or anything in there. Um, but yeah, it, that's just kind of where we're at right now. It's every day or every day or two seems like there's another layer of the onion that gets peeled back. So, um, you know, it's, I think it would be foolish to kind of just plant a flag and say witch hunt or say that it's, it's no big deal with what we know right now. I think that everything we've already laid out in terms of what the punishment could look like, et cetera, I, I think seems reasonable, but we just kind of have to wait and see what else comes out on it. Yeah. The, but when you look at the headlines, that's what bothers the crap out of me. Who gives a crap yes. he, he texts and, that he yeah. stole opponent signals from TV? Oh my God. You know, uh, start clutching your pearls here. So uh, everybody, anybody and everybody does that. And if you think by the way, that, that SEC schools or whoever don't have 15 or 20 people videotaping every aspect of everything at every game that has a hundred thousand people and is sending, you got fans sending stuff to coaches and stuff like that. You're out of your mind. Okay. This is not, this is not a huge competitive advantage. Um, unless you're not, you know what, unless you're subscribed to the theory that nobody else is doing this. So, um, yeah, anyway. Um, yep. Yeah. But no, but I, I agree. The headline is is crazy, and the fact that that would be some sort of of bombshell report um, is a little bit crazy. And then you, yeah, I mean, he's allowed to he's allowed to write a document or a manifesto, as as he called it, probably half jokingly. And now it's you know turned into manifesto has all sorts of negative connotations. I feel like these days, when really you look at the what that word actually means, it's it's nothing bad. But but. Um, yeah, it's it's just interesting how it's being played out. The last layer of this, Anthony, you kind of mentioned it earlier a little bit, is, okay, well, Jim Harbaugh was about to get a contract extension. It doesn't seem like that's going to happen right away, whether you agree with that or not. I happen to to you know, disagree with that that should be the case. I mean, I think if he's not going to end up being your coach, if he doesn't deserve to be your coach, you can still get rid of him after paying him what he deserves. It's still He still wouldn't be getting – what he deserves. Um, and if you want him to be your coach, then wouldn't you want him to get what he deserves? That would be my theory. Um, seems like this is going to be on hold, Chris. Um, and, you know, that that's Michigan kind of. It almost feels like Michigan playing into the hands potentially of the NCAA where you're taking it way more seriously than maybe a lot of other schools would do, including with, you know, keeping a coach happy and, and keeping him around. Basically, we've heard they're going to take their medicine, you know, and, and you know, ask for mercy or whatever. And uh, depending on what is presented and that's the Michigan way. Right. And I get it. Um, that's just, you know, Michigan holds itself to a higher standard, blah, blah, blah type of stuff. But uh, if you want to be a major player in college football and this is what you're going to let take your coach down. And, and, and let's be clear here. Uh, Michigan is at the pinnacle now, I think, of, of college football. If they win a national championship this year. Um, and they certainly look like one of the best teams to me. It thinks in large part to J.J. McCarthy, you had this thing humming. No matter what happens here, people can say, well, you can just plug somebody else in and an assistant coach and it's going to continue. No, there's a reason that Jim Harbaugh is the best, one of the best coaches in football in the history, frankly, of football. Uh, it's because it's of Jim Harbaugh. So losing him would absolutely be a blow. Uh, if it were me and it's not, I would insist at that, and I would say, hey, look, uh, we're signing him. You know, we'll have a clause in there that uh that we are you know we can get rid of him if, if he gets these major violations we will fight for him if these major violations are deemed not as serious as other people think they are but it just isn't really the michigan way well you know the old uh throw the old moral turpitude clause in there that's been a mm -hmm. familiar term over the last few months um 
I have first off, I mean, it's it's kind of a twofold issue in that this contract should have been done in the winter. So yeah. the fact that we are even still here anyways is right. is maddening. And the fact that uh, you know, now they could push, you know, press pause on it is again, I feel like I guess you kind of have to, because if there's if there's findings of an investigation that you know see that you know there's more wrongdoing, I get it. But um that's the other thing too, is that he is still under contract, and that's what I'm sure the people in the administration will argue. Well, he's under contract. We don't have no plans to get rid of him. He's still under contract. But uh, yeah, that I I can see from their perspective now why there would be the hesitancy to, you know, rush to sign him to a raise with what's in the news. But if it never got to this point in the first place, like he should still be, he should have been the highest paid coach in the Big Ten probably last winter, not even you know winter of 2023. So um, from there again, it, it's. I, I would just, and not that any of these people are listening to this, maybe they are, but any of these people in the administration or academia who are looking to do something brash because of what's out there now, talk to people in the sport, talk to coaches, talk to people that actually know what's going on. Because from their perspective, like that's why we're seeing so much bluster on social media about all this is because people don't understand what does and does not go on in major big time college football programs. So if you want to slap them on the wrist, fine. Like if you want to, you know, loop this in with the burger gate stuff and add to the suspension, fine. But you know, if there's any, there should be no question that he's your head coach moving forward, unless there is evidence of more wrongdoing, which could come. We don't know. Um, But the fact that we're, you know, that a contract has to be put on pause now, when it should have been signed months ago to begin with is uh, that's another self-inflicted administrative wound. There's no other way around that. Yeah. It's kind of like he, he's dealing with enough with the NCAA. Why, you know, why not take his side rather than kind of add on to the, the issues that he'd be dealing with, which would potentially, if you, if you tick him off, you know, he could leave if he has a different option, you know, and it feels like, I think the fear from a lot of Michigan fans I've talked to is that Michigan won't have, the correct backbone to fight the NCAA like a lot of these other schools do in cases that are much more severe, but we'll have to see how that plays out, how potential meeting late this week plays out as well. Let's talk basketball before we do Um, talk about our friends over at rogue shop, go check out rogue shop.com. If you're, if you have issues sleeping, chronic pain or have anxiety slash stress, when you use promo code the Wolverine, that's T H E Wolverine, get 10% off your first order. Rogue Shop sells CBD, THC, edibles, tinctures, smokables, bath salts, pain creams, topicals, vapes, candles, soaps, pretty much anything you can think of. They handcraft all of their topical soaps, candles, bath salts, massage oils, and tinctures. They grow their own cannabis in their manufacturing facility. All of their products are made with their own cannabis, their website rogueshop.com r-o-g-u-e shop.com has a 24 7 chat function where customers can ask them anything so if you're new to you know cannabis and all this you can hit them up tell them what you're going through they will give you the proper suggestions if you already are in this space and you use a lot of this stuff switch over to rogue shop they can get you on what is best for you they're america's number one online dispensary and health and wellness shop they are a true small business. That's rogueshop.com, R-O-G-U-E-S-H-O-P.com. 
Use the promo code the Wolverine and get 10% off your order. So a couple minutes of basketball talk before we get out of here. Michigan had their media day last week. We got to talk to just about every member of the program. Jawan Howard, who's, of course, still recovering from his heart procedure, not being one of them. But a lot of insight on the team. They held a, an open practice portion there or open portion of practice and then an open scrimmage in front of uh, a thousand or two fans on Sunday afternoon, which was kind of interesting to watch as well. Anthony, I want to start with with you coming out of the scrimmage uh, and what your biggest takeaway is, because I read your observations piece coming out of it, and I thought it was was really good stuff. Yeah, I think a lot of a lot of solid parts. I don't know if they're again. I think it was a confirmation of a lot of things as opposed to learning, you know, something, you know, something bad about them or, or not feeling good about it. I'm still kind of formulating what the project, the predictions yeah. are for them, but um, a lot of good, like solid pieces. I don't know how many high end pieces they have. I don't know if they have a lead dog. I think that Doug McDaniel and Terrace Reed were probably their, their two best, most consistent guys, but uh, people on the message board have been asking about Yusef Kayat. I think that his shot has come along, still kind of lost on defense, but I think he's a playable piece this year. You're going to see more of him. Uh, Trey Jackson was, you know, yeah. you talk about all three of those transfers that came in. To me, Trey Jackson was the one that kind of, I walked out of that scrimmage the most impressed with. The shot looks fluid. Uh, he's got the green light. You know, he's 6'10". He's got the length. He's got the wingspan. Looks like he's going to play, you know, on the wings. So I think that he could be, you know, maybe came in with like, the least amount of fanfare of those three transfers, but he might wind up being the 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 most surprising one. Kamwa as steady, uh, Namari Burnett had a little. It was a wonky day, but he's never really shot well. Didn't shoot well on Sunday. They had him playing uh, backup point guard, or, or he's the point guard for the I believe the Blue Squad. Jalen yeah. Wellen's still out, so yeah. uh, George Washington was playing a little bit of point as well, I believe. Um, I don't know. I. I'm still skeptical about this group. I really am. Uh, I think they could be really good. I think they could be good defensively, but I just don't know where the consistent offense is going to come from. Yeah. And the big question for me is what, uh, you know, why hasn't Trey Jackson put it together before now? And why did his minutes go down last year and stuff like that? Right. Cause he is talented and you can see it out there physically. So is the game moving too fast for him on the defensive end? These are things that we're going to find out when these guys play together, but uh, appreciated you guys being there. I thought the coverage was outstanding. And um, and as Clay said, uh, Big Ten champs are bust, baby. Didn't you say that? Did I, did I say that? Uh, did I just put the words in your mouth? I'm sorry. Get one by in the Big Ten tournament or bust. Don't play on okay. Wednesday night. In the Big Ten right. tournament. I didn't I didn't say that either. No, I, I mean, it, it is interesting with the expectations with its, with this team, how low they are, how you get them talking about, oh, we don't have to prove anything to anybody. Like, you know, we, we feel like we're going to, exceed expectations it doesn't matter what people are saying i mean if we went to the media day of a lot of the other teams picked near the bottom of the big 10 they're probably saying similar things at the end of the day someone's got to finish down there not saying it's going to be michigan i i I do agree with a lot of what you said anthony i think trey jackson was the most impressive to me on sunday relative to you know our thoughts on him kind of coming in um he looked more fluid offensively and with the ball in his hands than I thought he was going to defensively. I think, you know, what we saw f- from them the the prior week when we got to watch a little bit of practice was they're imploring him to be a little bit more physical defensively. And I think that's been an issue for him. And I think Chris with the him not playing as much last year had more to do with 
them needing him to play the five at Seton Hall last year, given the personnel that they had. They, they had some injuries down there. They had him play that spot. I asked him about that at media day, and he said, yeah, you know, he, he was willing to do it, but it, he didn't seem very thrilled about that, and I don't think that's, that position suited him all that well. But, yeah, the guard depth is going to be interesting. You know, the fact that Namari Burnett was playing point guard, I know you want Jalen Llewellyn back, but we still don't know when that's going to be. He's practicing with, you know, in the non-contact type of stuff, not in the scrimmage deal. So um, you're going to want him. George Washington, bright future. I, I really like George Washington. I don't know how early it's going to click for him, but he's, uh, you know, he's got a good shot and, uh, and you know, kind of just excited to see how he develops within this system. But, yeah, any other basketball thoughts uh, as we it's near the – November 3rd is the, the, the exhibition game next Friday, which is great. I believe it's George Washington III, just so that people don't get confused. He is the <laughs> grand the grandson of the president, not the president himself. So, yeah. I, <laughs> I yeah. a dad joke, right? That's you know, terrible. Uh, while Lord. we're on the topic of him, like I said, he was – if I had to name a top three guys coming out of that scrimmage, it's probably – uh, it's probably Trey Jackson, probably George Washington, and then Terrace Reed. I, I think you know you you see he looks looks more trim. Uh, the for, the form on the free throws is much improved. He was I had him at five for seven from the free throw line. So um, one air listen, ball. He he did air ball one. Uh, he's going to do that every now and then, uh, and he doesn't listen. I mean, uh, you know, we take. I don't want to say people took Hunter Dickinson for granted, but. At times, he could be kind of automatic around the basket. I don't think Terrace Reed will ever be that, but uh, I liked the touch we saw around the basket from him too. So uh, keep an eye on it. This team is going to go as its sophomores go, I think, and uh, we'll see what the the older guys can add from there. But Doug McDaniel, Terrace Reed will ultimately probably determine what this looks like. And I will say that Namari Burnett, when he plays in position, I think we'll get a better idea of what he can do. And I think he's he's practiced a lot better than he scrimmaged, so don't give up on him. Right. When you're playing out of position there, and it's hard to learn, too, some of it when you split the team up and guys are playing in different positions. Like Terrence Williams at times was kind of the two on his team. Uh, They were switching teams up a little bit as well. I agree. Terrence Reed, nice hook shot on on one shot. Doug McDaniel looked – Pretty good and a little bit more comfortable, although he's always kind of had that that type of mentality. And then Olivier Kamwa, he was a little bit disappointing in that he didn't make his shots, but he did some impressive things on both ends. Uh, sick block on Terrace Reed as he was going up for a dunk, and it was kind of like, how did he? You know, Terrace thought for sure he was going to slam it. So, I mean, those two were battling in the post, and he was having to defend Terrace basically the entire time. Missed a couple of his shots. You know, had had even one around the rim that didn't go, but. I mean, he was getting good looks, and his passing really stood out as as we kind of saw from him at Tennessee as well. So I still think he's this team's best player, but I do agree with you, A.B., that like, all right, you kind of have these pieces, but how big of a leap Doug takes and how good Terrace can be as the guy who's kind of replacing what Hunter Dickinson did is going to determine a lot of of what this team is. And then depth, and, and you got to have the guards healthy and all that. But, yeah, um, going to be interesting with the exhibition game next week. So make sure to follow along over at the Wolverine.com for coverage of that, for coverage of Michigan football, Wolverine still number two in the country, eight, no heading towards their November push. we got the NCAA case as well. News coming on that great reporting, especially from our Chris Ballas and uh, make sure to get our $1 deal right now. $1 for your first month of premium access. So it's basically free and you get in there, you get on the message board, you join in on the conversation, you see what the latest is going on. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to like the video, hit the subscribe button as well, and we'll see you next time.